Hello and welcome back to the Izzy and Alex show. This week we have to have a disclaimer. We're going to be talking about some very graphic content about a murder. Um, the case um, is called The Girl Next Door after the film um, that it was inspired by. Well, no. The case inspired the film. There, got it. Got it in the end. Um, but let's before we go into all the gore and like the goriness, let's go back to last week where things were a bit nicer. Um, and you're probably wondering, is Thrift Shop by Macklemore in the Hall of Fame or the Hall of Fame? <laughs> and yes, it is. It won by like 70%, like a landmark. <laughs> so it is very happy. I'm not so happy, but. There we go. Um, yeah, is how have you been anyway, Izzy? Yeah, fine. It's crazy because I'm looking outside right now and it's dark and it's only 20 past five. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, because usually I finish work at five now and I'm, I'm out the door and it's dark and I'm walking home in the dark. I'm like, how is this, how is this possible? How is this possible? But, um, yeah, <laughs> mad. So can't yeah. believe it. But yeah, this this um story when I when well we were both doing research, literally I couldn't believe it. No, I couldn't either. It's 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 disturbing that especially because it's based on a true story as well. Yeah. Um because I hadn't really heard of the film, I don't think. I'm, I mean, I've not seen it. But... No, me, ne- me but... neither. And with, we're doing this because it's Friday the 13th, so we thought we'd do a bit of a sort of scary one. But, yeah, this is actually a true crime. <laughs> and, yeah, no, it is horrible. So, yeah, definitely. If this isn't your sort of thing, don't worry. We'll be back next week with a monarchy episode. It's a lot more tamer. Um, we just thought we'd give it a go. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're going to do is just read the story and just kind of give our opinion on it because it's it's kind of one that you can kind of discuss with people if that makes sense so we're just going to kind of go through it and um react to it with you guys in a sense and then yeah so yeah let's begin okay so as i said um this is called the girl next door um so i'm going to give you a bit of a background so cynthia lincoln's or Likens. I don't know why I keep on saying Lincoln. It's Likens. Um, yeah, I keep saying Lincoln. Yeah, because it looks like LinkedIn. We shouldn't make fun of. We shouldn't make fun of this. But yeah, no, literally, <laughs> I thought it was LinkedIn. So, so, <laughs> so Sylvia Likens was born on January the third, nineteen forty-nine. She was the third of five children born to carnival workers Lester Likens and his wife Betty Likens. She was born between two sets of fraternal twins, Daniel and Diana, and Benny and Jenny. Jenny suffered from polio, causing one of her legs to be weaker than the other. She was inflicted with a noticeable noticeable limp and had to wear a steel brace on one leg. So that was sort of like the family um, background of Sylvia, who will play a key sort of role in this um in this story but yeah carnival worker i thought that was such a like cool job i've never heard of that before no i hadn't either but yeah i just thought it was i just thought that was interesting but yeah so that's just a bit about her background so now we're gonna move on to the next bit so lester and elizabeth's marriage was unstable they often sold candy, beer and soda at carnival stands around Indiana, which meant they moved around frequently and experienced financial difficulties. The Lycan's sons, 
regularly travelled with their parents in order to help out financially, but due to concerns for their younger daughter's safety and education, they didn't like Sylvia and Jenny travelling with them. So both girls frequently resided with rel- with their relatives while their parents and brothers travelled with the carnivals so that their schoolwork would not suffer. Yeah, I guess this is different times, isn't it? But like we're talking about the 50s, mm-hmm. so it was very much... Um, it yeah. was so different um, in terms of like safeguarding and like keeping children safe. So... Um, and also sexism, yeah. I think that played a bit of a part in it. Like, oh, yeah, the boys can do the work, but the girls must stay with relatives and stuff like that. I had yeah. realised that his name was Lester. Like, oh, my God, that's where I'm from. But no, <laughs> it's a murder. I need to be serious. This is a, a, this is a serious... Oh, yeah, spoiler alert, it's a murder. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no. Surprise! <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it's really disturbing, but... It is, yeah. Yeah. Um, in her teenage years, Sylvia Likens occasionally earned money by babysitting, running errands, or performing performing ironing chores for friends and neighbours, and often giving her mother part of the earnings, because obviously, as we said, they did struggle financially, this family. She was described as friendly confident and lively and she had long wavy light brown hair extended below her shoulders and she also had a fondness for music in particular the Beatles and she was noticeably protective over her more timid and insecure younger sister Jenny. Oh, Oh. Um, by 1965 Sylvia now 16 and Jenny Likens resided with their parents in Okay, I'm going to butch this. Indiana. Indianapolis. <laughs> on July, on July the 3rd, 1965, their mother was arrested and subsequently jailed for lifting. Shortly thereafter, Lester arranged for his daughters to board with Gertrude. I'm going to butch this one as well. Banizet. I think that's good enough. Should we just call her Gertrude B? Gertrude B, the mother of two girls, and and who who the sisters had recently become friends with while studying at Arsenal Technical High School. At the time of this boarding arrangement, Gertrude assured Lester she would care for his daughters until his return, as they were her own children. Yeah, so she was just basically saying that she would look after them as if they were her own. Um, mm. Yeah, I guess that, I thought that this was quite a weird arrangement, but we've got to, like, remember it was 1965, so it was a completely different time. It was, um, uh, but I wouldn't know yeah. anyone that would just leave their um, children with someone that's someone that they really didn't know at all. But then maybe didn't the man know her well, or did they not? No, they both... So basically, um, they only knew each other because the kids went to the same school. Oh, so it's like mother of, like, mutual friends. Yeah, but I know that he never... Like, neither neither parents ever went to the house before they dropped the children off. No. Which I... I But it's hard to say because it was a different time. Yeah, because like in the war, this isn't in the war. People 
children would used to get evacuated and like live with strangers, complete strangers. It wasn't that far after that, was it? No, no, it wasn't in the war. No, because it was in the sixties. Yeah, but yeah. It, you know, it's still in their minds, isn't it? It's still. Yeah, and like I think now, if this was like now times, your parents would like inspect or like they'd have to know the person pretty well to like leave. Yeah, them. but. Um, but, yeah, but, but yeah, that's. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Because it's completely different. Yeah, times. exactly. No, exactly. Um, so, yeah, shortly after the, the 4th of July holiday, so that's Independence Day in America. So it's a big, it's a big holiday there. And the sisters moved to 3,850. I don't know if that's how you say it, but I'm just going to say it like that. East New York Street. Um, so that their father and mother, once she got out of jail for shoplifting, could travel to the East Coast with the carnival with the understanding that Gertrude would receive the weekly boarding fees of $20 to care for their daughters until they, re- until they returned to collect Sylvia and Jenny. And this was arranged for November in 1965. So that's when they were going to come back. Yeah. And also, yeah. sorry, then- also that East New York Street is where Gertrude lived, just to clarify it. Um, um, yes, they were basically paying its mother to... Um, babysit these children, just have them stay with her, a bit like a um, boarding house. I yeah, think. yeah, but it, yeah, I mean, she she'd never done it before, so it was just they just thought she mm. was doing her a, um, a favor. Yeah. So, during the initial weeks in which Sylvia and Jenny resided at the B household, <laughs> the sisters were subjected to very little discipline. Lycans regularly sang along to pop records with Stephanie. Both both girls also regularly attended Sunday school with the B children. But things took a turn for the worse. Yeah, so it all started off really nice and, well, I guess not really nice because there wasn't much discipline or anything like that. But it, was not, but it was quite nice, like they were, they everyone was getting along, is what, yeah. They were getting along with everyone and... Um, until things started to get a little bit... Yeah, this is where things... Um, so if you're of a nervous sort of... If you, if you don't really like gore or knowing about child abuse, basically, then I would switch off now and come back next week. We'll be having mm-hmm. a, a much nicer episode um, about the monarchy. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, because this is when it's going to start getting a bit more graphic. Okay, so although Lester Likens had agreed to pay Gertrude $20 a week in exchange for the care of his daughters, these payments gradually failed to arrive exactly upon the prearranged dates. Occasionally they would arrive one or two days late, which really isn't that late. Like, it was never weeks late. It was only one or two days. Exactly. So I did think, yeah. So in response, Gertrude began venting her frustrations out onto their sisters by beating their bare buttocks, which is your ass just in case you don't know posh words, um, with various instruments while making statements such as, well, I took care of you two little bitches for a week for nothing. On one occasion in late August 1965, both girls were beaten approximately 15 times on the back with a paddle after Paula and 
after Paula had accused the sisters of eating too much food at a church supper the household children had attended. So Paula is um, Gertrude's daughter, just for some clarification. It sounds like it got progressively worse quite quickly. Yeah. Like it just started out by her being a bit frustrated and like venting to them to like, and then it obviously got physical. I mean, they were only meant to stay yeah. there from from um, July to November. And obviously we know that this, mm. this the time frame period um, the period of time that this happened with was July to October. So that's such a, in the same year, that's such a short period of time. Do you know what I mean? No. I mean, that's probably why the parents didn't think anything of it. They were only leaving their children with them for what, like four, five months? Yeah. Really not long at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it definitely seems like, it, well, it's, it seems like as soon as they didn't get paid, right, that was it. The abuse started. Yeah. So by mid-August 1965, Gertrude B had begun to focus all her all her abuse on Sylvia, almost all of it, like the majority of it, with with her motivation likely being jealousy of her physical appearance and potential in life. The initial abuse included subjecting likens to beatings and being refused food, which would gradually lead to feeding them leftovers or spoiled food out of the garbage cans on one occasion Likens was accused of stealing candy which she actually bought yeah so um just a bit of background as well so still um Gertrude sorry she was in her 30s at this point but she looked a lot older she was like she looked really tired she'd smoked a lot so that's where the jealousy sort of crept in because Sylvia was 16 you know she was like a beautiful young lady and um and yeah so that's sort of um how that sort of progressed to be that's sort of um her motivations behind it yeah um yeah so um on another occasion in late august likings was subjected to humiliation when she claimed to have a boyfriend in long beach california whom she had met um in the spring of 1965 when her family had lived in California as they obviously travelled around a lot in the carnival. They were at different places. So in the spring, they were living in California. Indianapolis is in Indiana, which is like another state. So they'd obviously moved a long way. Um, in response to hearing this, Gertrude asked if she'd ever done anything with a boy, which I think is really weird. Like, I don't know about you. Mm. Yeah, that is A 30-year-old to be asked, well, 30-something-year-old to be asking a 16-year-old. That raises flags um yeah yeah and she's not like she's not even like asking as their parent she's asking because she like wants to know like detail which yeah. is very weird no exactly um and then likings unsure of what gertrude meant she was so naive bless her she was like i guess so um, and said that they'd gone skate she'd been skating with boys and they went to the park and the beach um, like her and Jenny with boys, which is obviously not what Gertrude meant at all. She meant sexually, but she just took it as like, what have you like? What sort of activities have you done with boys? Which I found so endearing, and this like really broke my heart. Like it brought to home like just how young she was and how naive she was, and oh, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so continuing with the conversation with Stephanie, who was um, Gertrude's daughter, well, one of Gertrude's daughter. Um, 
Um, Likens mentioned that she had once lain under the covers with her boyfriend. Several days later, Gertrude returned to the subject with Likens telling her that she had a big stomach and it looks like she's going to have a baby. Um, Paula, at the time, I just wanted to give some context. Paula, um, Gertrude's daughter, who was 17, was actually pregnant at the time with a married man's baby. So, um, so I think this sort of was, was like jealousy that Sylvia was such a normal young girl and then I think it came from the shame of her shame from Gertrude that her daughter was pregnant um mm. so yeah that's just something else to consider um Likings thought that Gertrude was just um kidding with her and then she said um she is getting big she's gonna have to go on a um so Sylvia said that yeah she might just have to go on a diet just as jokingly However, Gertrude then informed her and the other girls in the house that whenever they did something with a boy, they were sure they were sure to have a baby. She then kicked Likens in the genitals. Paula herself, overweight, three months pregnant, and also jealous of her physical appearance, then participated in attacking Likens, knocking her off the chair onto the kitchen floor, shouting, you ain't fit to sit in a chair. Oh, my God. So it's clear that they were just all jealous and sort of... How it's right. Yeah, now, now the, and now the daughters are starting to um, get involved with this. Um, so on another occasion, as the family ate supper with Gertrude, Paula and a neighbourhood boy named Randy Gordon Leper, Randy Gordon Leper, force-fed Likens a hot dog overloaded with condiments, including mustard, ketchup, and spices. Likens vomited as a result and was later forced to consume what she had thrown up. So now the daughter is beginning to torment um, Likens and getting other people involved, like this neighbourhood boy. Um, it's crazy the yeah. amount of people involved in this case that just did nothing. Like, it was sort of this mob mentality. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just like... I mean, we'll get yeah. on to more details later, but obviously, like, and I even didn't put some details in because I thought of the sexual abuse part because I thought they were a bit too horrific. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, like, just the amount of people that saw such horrific things was and just crazy. I mean, I we'll get on to it later, but some of it is truly shocking. Um, but, yeah. Um, Likens only ever retaliated once, she had spread a rumour at the school, Arsenal Technological High School, that Stephanie and Paula were prostitutes. She did this because she was upset with the house for singling her out for similar acquisitions. So, yeah, so it, was, it wasn't just physical. It was, like, emotional abuse, I guess. Like, they were calling her prostitute, a prostitute all the time. Um, while at school, mm. Stephanie was jokingly propositioned by a boy who told her that Likens had started a rumour about her. Um, upon returning home that day, Stephanie questions Likens about the rumour and she admitted to starting it. Stephanie punched her in response, but Likens apologised to her in tears and Stephanie then also began to cry, which sort of shows that maybe Stephanie did have a bit of a softer side and um, she was sort of doing it to like impress her mum, I guess. Mm, maybe, um, yeah. Or maybe yeah, maybe however, when Stephanie's boyfriend, Corey, 15-year-old, Coy Hubbard, um, heard about the rumour, he brutally attacked Likens, slapping her, banging her head against the wall and flipping her backwards onto the floor. When Gertrude found out, she also used the paddle to beat Likens. Um, 
On another occasion, Paula beat Lycans about the face with such force that she broke her own wrist. So Paula is obviously beginning to really, really torment um, Lycans just as much as Gertrude now. Um, having primarily focused on her blows upon Lycans' teeth and eyes, later Paula used the cast on her wrist to further beat Lycans. Gertrude repeatedly falsely accused Lycans of promiscuity um, and, and of engaging pro- prostitution, delivering rants to Lycans regarding the filthiness of prostitution and of women in general. Gertrude would later occasionally force Jenny to strike her own sister, beating Jenny if she did. Yeah, so at the household, obviously, uh, Diana was much older. Um, just going back to the beginning, Diana, the older sister, was a lot older, had her own kids, I believe. So she wasn't living with them. And the boys were with the parents in the carnival. So it was Jenny and her sister, Sylvia, that was residing in the household. Just to, you know, just mm. to clear a few things up um but yeah yeah it's it seems just like horrible like I just don't know how else to describe it. I don't know about you just progressively gets it's just getting worse isn't it like more more yeah. people involved yeah, yeah. um so Coy yeah. Hubbard who was the boyfriend of Stephanie um and several of his classmates frequently visited um the B household I don't know um to both physically and verbally torment Lycans, often collaborating with um, Gertrude's children and also Gertrude herself. With the active encouragement of Gertrude, though these neighbourhood children routinely beat Lycans, sometimes using her as a practice dummy in violent judo sessions, burning her skin with lit cigarettes in the excess of 100 times and severely in it, injuring her genitals. And this is where I didn't know whether to include this, but I feel like I should. And they also, um, Sylvia on several occasions like made um lichens like sort of insert various like sharp objects in her genitals and mm. everyone saw it like all the that they encouraged it um but yeah it's, it doesn't seem this Kate I don't know if you ever read Lord of the Fr- Lord of the Flies um no. it was sort of about no. kids that um murdered it was like a book um but this case has been subjected to that sort of comparison. But people are saying it, they these kids were guided by Gertrude. Like it just showed how evil Gertrude was for sort of, you know, they had a responsible adult. They weren't just doing it off their own bat. They were doing what they were no. told. Um, yeah. Did you want to add anything to... Um, no, I agree with you. Like, it's... I mean, I've not read Lord of the Flies, so I, I yeah, can't no. give an opinion on that. But, um, yeah, but it is weird to think how, like, they had, like, an adult with them, but it's still... And, like, people saw, <coughs> saw yeah. this all as well. Um, but, yeah. Um, so, in July and August, both Lester and Betty Likens returned to... Indianapolis. The... <laughs> Indianapolis to visit their daughters Jenny and Sylvia and Jenny and Sylvia actually never um, told them about the extent of the torture this would be their final visit to the house upon them leaving Gertrude Uh, and so when they were leaving Gertrude said what are you going to do now Sylvia they're gone now they're gone 
On one occasion in September 1965, the girls encountered their older sister, Diana. And this is the one that's a bit older and she's got kids of her own. Um, Both Jenny and Sylvia informed Diana of the abuse that they were enduring. However, she believed her sisters were exaggerating. So Diana actually didn't believe them, um, which makes it even more sad. It's like their own sister didn't even uh, just thought they were like exaggerating. And she once gave the sisters a sandwich um, once she said she was hungry. This act caused Gertrude and Paula to abuse Sylvia further by grabbing her hair and banging her head repeatedly. So it was, yeah, so even in times where they were, like, helped out, this just, I guess it just showed them that if Mm. if they were to receive help, what would happen to them? Yeah. And not even their sister believed them, which makes it even... No, well, we'll go on to this later, but I think she did start to sort of have some concerns. um, But it was just a little bit too... Yeah, but... Too little, too late. um, yeah, at this no, point, didn't no, and well, I guess, I guess you wouldn't. I mean, we know a lot more. This was a time before the internet. You've got to remember as well. We're not. We're so readily available with like mm-hmm. true crime stories. It's on the news all the time, um, because we we can see it. You know, we can hear about. It, we can research it like we're doing now. Um, back then, it just wasn't the technology. So yeah. these sort of things never happened. And people weren't taught yeah, about it. No. It was very much taboo subject. Like if you were beaten or domestic abuse, you wouldn't talk about it. You wouldn't watch documentaries about it. You just have to live yeah. with it, unfortunately. And um, it's because of cases yeah. like this that we sort of now know that these things do ha- these awful things do happen. And yeah. yeah. Um, so shortly after. Um, they met with Diana, and oh, and also it should be said that Diana couldn't look after them because her house was full, completely full. So that's why they yeah. weren't living with her. Um, I read that on one source, so I believe that that was the case. Um, but I just forgot to put it in. But yeah, so they, so they were, so Diana lived in Indianapolis, um, so really nearby. Yeah. But yeah, and um, yeah. yeah, and I just find it so sad that like her parents visited them and they just. Oh, that bit really, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like they were completely abandoned, like, yeah. oh, it's awful. They they still never went in the house. Yeah. Like, the parents never went into that house. And I think if they did, then they would have had sort of different... They wouldn't have let the, them, their children stay. But Gertrude seemed to sort of, like, have the sort of... That way of speaking to persuade them not to. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, shortly after they met with Diana... The fa- a father of a neighbourhood boy called Michael John Monroe phoned the school that they attended, so Arsenal Technical High School, to anonymous- anonymously report the extent of Sylvia's injuries. A school nurse dropped by to investigate. However, Gertrude told the nurse that Sylvia ran away from the household. And then after this, the school made no further inv- investigations. So obviously she was going to school. She'd stopped going to school at that point. Um and yeah. church, I believe. So the yeah, because they just... I mean, nowadays that would never happen. If you get told someone's run away, like, they, they'd chase that off. You'd get the, yeah, you'd get yeah, the social And then, on, no, yeah. it was just like, oh, she's not here. Oh, that's fine. I think um, during yeah. the visit, they'd actually locked her up in the basement. She was in the house, but, yeah, um, she, um, yeah, she was just locked up. On... 
On October the 1st, Diana visited the property again to investigate regular contact with the sisters. So she basically wanted more contact with them. And then Gertrude, however, um, didn't let her in. She refused her um, entrance. Two weeks later, Diana encountered Jenny by the chance. So they just bumped into each other. Um, She inquired as to Sylvia's welfare and Jenny said, I can't tell you. Or So I think by this point, Diana pretty much... She didn't know what was going on. I don't, I don't think anyone knew the extent of it, but she was definitely more she suspicious, was, yeah. you know, to go to the house and sort of, I think yeah. I think it kind of sunk in her head that maybe their sisters were, there was some yeah. sort of truth behind it. And I do believe, yeah, but it's just really unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I mean, she had a, yeah. I feel like um, Jenny um, sort of never, blamed her parents or her older sister saying that like no one could have known what how bad it was so but and I and I guess Diana had her own busy life but even so like if if you're you know your sisters are somewhere and that you refuse entry like I do think chase that up but um Mm. but yeah I don't know what do you think about that yeah no I agree with you that's you yeah. would chase it up more, at least. But, but yeah, at this point, she's, like, more suspicious. But um, So, due to the next? frequency and brutality of the torture and the mistreatment um, that she was subjected to, Sylvia gradually became incontinent, which is mean, like... you. Do you know what incontinent means? So, basically, like, you poo and no. you wee. Like, you can't control it. So, that's how bad, like, oh, okay. the... Um, torture got um so she was denied um any access to the bathroom being forced to wet herself um as a form of punishment for her incontinence on the on october the 6th gertrude threw lichens into a basement and tied her up here lichens was often kept naked rarely fed and frequently deprived of water occasionally she was tied to the railing of the basement stairs um with her feet barely touching the ground On October the 23rd, Gertrude shouted for Likens to return to the kitchen, then ordered her to strip naked before proclaiming to her, you have branded my daughters, now I'm going to brand you. She began carving the words, I am a prostitute and I am proud of it, onto Likens, a bandman with a heated needle. It's like a part of the body. When When Gertrude was unable to finish the the branding she instructed one of the neighborhood children present a 14 year old richard hobbs to finish etching the words into lichens flesh gertrude later taunted lichens by claiming she would never be able to marry due to the words carved on her stomach stating sylvia what are you going to do now you can't get married now um what are you going to do and lichens replied i guess there's nothing i can do that night, Sylvia confided to her sister, Jenny, no, you don't want me to die, but I am going to die. So it's I progressed so it. much, hasn't it? It is, to the point where the, she's like, that's it. Like, oh, Yeah, like she knew really it. Sad. That's the bit that really got me as well. Like, yeah. She could just feel it. And, the, and, they, and they felt yeah. there was like, no way out Yeah. Now. So three days later, on October the 26th, Likens was unable to eat, 
um, or um, coordinate. She wasn't able to speak, sorry, um, or coordinate um, her movements, um, like of her limbs at all. Gertrude tried, did move lichens into the kitchen, having propped her back against the wall and attempted to feed her a donut and glass of milk. Um, Likens was unable to correctly move the glass to her lips, so she was then returned to the basement. Shortly after, Likens became delirious, repeatedly moaning and mumbling. When Paul asked her to recite the alphabet, Likens was unable to recite anything beyond the first four letters or raise herself off the ground. So this was three days after she had said, I think I'm going to die. Um, so they are trying to sort of like revive her, I guess. Um, but I mean, it, it seems like it's too late. Yeah, yeah, because she's slowly, her body has obviously slowly been suffering yeah. for so long. So in an attempt to wash lichens, a laughing John B. Um, Jr., so her son, sprayed her with a garden hose brought to the house that afternoon by Randy Leper at Gertrude West. Like, in, it is weird to think the amount It's of crazy, like, the whole family and all the neighbours knew, the school even knew, the, the older I daughter know. knew, like, it's, it's crazy. Likens desperately attempted to exit the basement but collapsed before she could reach the stairs. In response to this effort, Gertrude stamped on Likens on her head before standing and staring at her for several moments. Stephanie then decided to give Likens a warm soapy bath. bath. Although Likens ceased breathing before she could be carried out of the basement, when Stephanie realised that Likens was not breathing, she attempted to apply mouth-to-mouth resuscitation as Gertrude repeatedly shouted at her belief to the children and teenagers present in the house that Likens was faking her death. Sylvia Likens died from brain haemorrhage shock and malnutrition aged 16 on the 26th of October. So it got to the point where she did um, sadly Yeah, and that was die. three days after she said she would and it was only like a few months after she actually went into the Gertrude in Gertrude's house, which was, which was so sad, mm. and it. I mean, Stephanie is seen to help loads, but I mean, it's to me, it's too little, too late. I don't know about you. And yeah, I no, think she tried to use it um, as an excuse as well um, when the trial came for her not to be prosecuted. Um, mm. But we'll go into the time they serve but shock horror warning um it's they didn't serve very long in prison at all um no yeah that's what's shocking Um, about this whole thing yeah we'll get onto that in a bit so um gertrude panicked and instructed richard hobbs to call the police from a nearby payphone when police arrived at her address at approximately 6 30 p.m gertrude led officers to like his body um Jenny was instructed by Gertrude previously to recite a rehearsed version of the event. Um, the, this, um, basically, she tried to say that um, Sylvia had been attacked by a gang of boys who had put the prostitute sort of word, yeah, and then they, she'd been returned back, yeah. so basically saying that they didn't. So 
Jenny said this, but then as soon as they got a chance, she whispered to the officers, you get me out of here and I'll tell you everything. So, um, yeah, Jenny then told them, mm. the officers, the real version. But yeah, up until the very last minute, Gertrude had control. Yeah. So the formal statement provided by Jenny Likens prompted officers to arrest Gertrude, Paula, Stephanie and John B on suspicions of the murder within hours of the discovery of her body. The same day, Coy Hubbard and Richard Hobbs were also arrested and charged with the same offences. The three eldest B children plus Coy Hubbard were placed in the custody of a nearby juvenile detention centre. The young B children and Richard Hobbs were detained and at the Indian oh, can't pronounce that Indianapolis Children's Guardians home. All were held without bail pending trial. And then we have all the times that they served. And as we said, that is the most shocking part of the story is the fact that Gertrude only yeah, so she, 20 years. She, she actually like, left prison. Yeah. Um, she didn't die in prison or anything like that. She was meant to be getting the death penalty, but she didn't. Yeah. So we we'll, can we'll talk about that later. But yeah, I just wanted to add that in. Yeah. And Paula only served seven. And she changed her name to Paula Pace and was a teaching assistant until 2012 when she was fired after staff found out about her past. So she managed to get a job. This makes me so angry. She managed yeah. to get a job as a teacher after after serving seven years. I mean, this is definitely... If you think about it now, when you apply for a job... Yeah, but now, she was allowed to change her name, so it wouldn't come up in the records. But... So... That's true. But, like, I feel like she couldn't... I feel like if this... No, not now, at all. You would not get well, it. Well, hopefully not. I mean, they found out. No, hopefully not. I mean, they found out eventually, but like, it's crazy to think that like seven years in prison. Yeah, and that was because um, it was after the film um, <laughs> came out, The Girl Next Door. That that's what prompted um, them to find out. Uh, I, I should have said that, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that was until 2012, which ain't. No, not at all. And it was really ages and ages after her offences. Um, I should say Gertrude is now dead. Yeah. Um, but she didn't die. Um, yeah. None of the like, because people would be thinking, oh, it was short because they died in prison. None of no. them died in prison. They, the the times that we're saying here were what no. they actually, you know, got charged with and mm. did. But yeah. And Stephanie, the one that was, she did participate, but not as much as the others. Um, she actually didn't serve any time in prison. She did admit to participating to some degree. Um, so she was honest in the sense of that, but still, she was still involved, so she still should have served. Um, and that's why I thought it was interesting that she said that like, least, she tried to revive but... her and stuff. I think because she said that, that's why she got none. It makes me question whether that was true or not. But, I mean, that's a conspiracy theory sort of side of it. That's not... That's not any evidence of, of that not not there's no it's, evidence of that not happening but i do find it weird that, that she got no yeah sort of time in prison and that happened do you know do you know what i mean uh, but yeah yeah and 
the son only served two years and he never actually changed his name. He said he was involved, but he never actually had to change his name or anything like that. So he only had to have two years, so, and that's it. And then the other daughter, Marie, didn't serve anything. Some reports suggested that she did actually play a role. Yeah, was never really that was just from different sources. I, mean, I couldn't, that's quite Some said that she played a minor role, some say that she didn't play any role. It's weird. I mean, so many people, different people did that. Yeah, it gets me thinking maybe she did, but because like even the neighbors yeah. did, which is even crazier. But um, and then James, some reports suggested he did play a role as well, but he didn't testify due to his yeah, age. yeah. And there was, was also a one year old, but obviously the one year old didn't do anything, <laughs> um, so they weren't charged at all. So um, I think Gertrude had like eight children living at the house as well. Um, she had loads. Um, she loads of kids um, by different men. So all those times she was accusing Sylvia of being like a, a prostitute and like sort of a sex addict, I think she was just ashamed of her past because she had a lot of boyfriends and mm. yeah, a lot of sons and they weren't paying. Yeah, you know, I mean, part of me just feel sorry for Gertrude, but you don't do that. Mm. Like people have awful lives, but they don't commit murder. No. Like, but yeah. No, not at all. So this one, I think, makes me even more angry because Coy Hubbard and Richard Hobbs, one of them threw her around and was the one that punched her. The other one was the one that helped carve the wording. I mean, they both only served two years. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Huh? I know. Considering what they did, that only two years. I mean, they were young, um, so that might be... um... I think Richard was 14. That's true. But that... still, at 14, you know, not to carve mm. something into someone's body. No. And Richard, I mean, Richard did phone the police, but, I mean, yeah. after what he did, it was a bit too late. Maybe, maybe, maybe because Richard, maybe the fact, maybe the police thought, oh, he was forced. Maybe. Maybe, that, why, maybe that's why. But still, it doesn't really justify it, but. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. Yeah, so um, a bit about research. just like the aftermath of the tr- after the trial and everything. Um, Sylvia's mother was um, visibly, she only gave short responses on the witness stand at the trial. She was visibly devastated. She divorced Lester in 1967, remarried and died May the 29th, 1998 at the age of 71. Lester didn't speak much about the situation, most likely due to the guilt that he faced for his daughter's death. Um, and Jenny, the um, other si- the sister that stayed at Gertrude's with Sylvia, died at, in two thousand and four at the age of fifty four. The house that Sylvia was tortured at was torn down in two thousand and nine. The empty space is now used as a church parking lot. Gertrude B walked out of prison on December the fourth, nineteen eighty five, and travelled to Lower under the name of Nadine Van Fossen. She died there of lung cancer in 1990. It's the story of Sylvia Likens' murder. The topic this week was horrific, but next week I promise we'll have a nicer subject with that being the monarchy. But if you did enjoy it, please let us know on our Instagram page. It's at the Izzy and Alex show. We really like hearing your feedback um, and we can do a topic like this or similar to this um, later on if you have enjoyed it. 
but yeah if you haven't it's fine next week we'll be going back to a nicer topic um izzy had to leave um due to being on the radio so i will sign us off um i've been alex and catch us next week stay safe and take care